This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 247, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler here with Mi'kmaq Matters correspondent Greg Janes. And this week we have news of another new community ban starting, as well as an unexpected turn of events in the injunction case against Port-to-Port land defenders. And Greg, you've had a busy week. Your video of Industry Minister Andrew Parsons refusing to speak to land protectors got a lot of views on Facebook. Uh, you uh Caught the uh, the video as uh, Parsons was, was uh, leaving a meeting in uh, in Cornerbrook. Tell us what happened. Uh, yeah, Glenn. Um, after the uh, court proceedings, the land defenders uh, got wind that uh, Mr. Parsons was speaking in Cornerbrook, and they went down to uh, have a word with him. So when I got there, uh, I pulled out my camera right away, and the uh, they they confronted him outside of the building, uh, which he uh, pretty much blew them off and uh, got in his car and drove away. He didn't engage with them at all, answer any questions, um, nothing like that? Uh, no, uh, the uh, land defenders wanted their questions answered and asked, asked uh, to meet with him. And uh, and he has said, well, you never requested uh, to meet with me in the past. And, and they said, yes, we have. Um, but uh, again, Mr. Person said that... Uh, you know, I got to catch a flight. I need to get out of here mm-hmm. and, um, and and walked away from the wow. situation. Parsons was in Cornerbrook uh, speaking to ACAP Umber Herm, which is a not-for-profit organization focused on aquatic issues in Western Newfoundland. And he got a rough ride uh, inside as well as outside after an hour or so giving a rosy picture of how well his government is doing. Parsons was challenged by Don Ivany of the Atlantic Salmon Federation on the government's poor record of environmental protection. I've never seen it worse, Ivany said. And tourism operator Brian Pittman questioned whether the consultation Parsons talked about was her real or for show. Only a 40-day comment period for the massive port-to-port wind energy project, Pittman pointed out. But Parsons had a loyal supporter sitting in the front row. That would be Brendan Mitchell, chief of Halapu First Nation, sitting with his friend, Liberal MP Goody Hutchings, who he introduced, though neither Parsons nor event organizers felt they had to. And Brandon Mitchell said, no province in the country has the extent of engagement and, res- and respect that is given to Indigenous people by the provincial government. Maybe the Eno and Labrador would not agree, seeing the Fury government signed a hydro rate mitigation deal with the feds that robbed the Inu of a billion dollars. There was not much engagement and respect about that. Brendan Mitchell has been engaged by the province himself and now sits on the Independent Appointments Commission, which decides which people they'll put on provincial boards and commissions. And now we have, uh, uh, I guess, uh, in kind of response to the lack of leadership from 
uh, indigenous uh, bands, Halibut and the community bands. We have a new band forming on the uh, in the Port of Port area in southwest Newfoundland, the West Wind First Nation. For all the people who are members of other bands and feel they've been sold out by Indigenous leadership on the Wind Energy Project. We spoke with organizer Tammy Park Tai. Tammy, thanks for, for coming on. Nice thanks to for you. having me, Glenn. I appreciate your your asking this for this. I appreciate that. So tell us about the, the West Wind First Nation. Well, this is a um, a band that is representing the people who are not feeling represented represented by their Indigenous leaders at this, at this point. This is a place for people who are against this GH2 World Energy Project. So you are welcome to come here um, and we are all going to stand united together. Mm-hmm. That is the, really the, the the very simplistic way of explaining exactly why this is and, and why we've decided to do this. And... Um... Of course, we have uh, many community bands uh, in our territory. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you, um, uh, will you be set up like the other community bands in terms of uh, being uh, accessible to status and non-status people, self-identified, etc.? Absolutely, absolutely. All are welcome. We're very much an inclusive band. We are not. Very, we are not exclusive by any means. I know some bands. Uh, you know they they have certain communities in their in their uh, in their area. Uh, how 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 are you approaching the geography? Well, um, when I first announced on Facebook that this was just basically an idea, and I've got so much feedback back from that positive feedback that came back to me. Um, at the time, there wasn't really um, a whole lot of activity going on with the other bands that are within our area. Um, so it was like kind of the perfect opportunity to be able to to start this for the people and to, that are against, like I said, against the project. Mm-hmm. So our our boundaries are for people who do not feel that they have um, any leadership that speaks to what they're needing in their life in the moment. And right now, this threat is what this is 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 this um, wind turbine threat. So if if your band is not um, standing with you, you don't feel supported in that way, you're welcome to join ours. So mm-hmm. as an Indigenous person, I really don't believe in borders. I believe that we have the, our land here, you know, the place that we've lived where our ancestors have grown up as well. So it's for those people specifically. So wherever you happen to live, I guess, like, and that's not to step on anyone's toes or anything like that. It's just really for people to feel that they have a community representing them. A lot of people uh, are doing many things uh, in regard to the windmill, uh, wind energy issue. And um, how do you, with the the West Wind First Nation, plan to participate and get involved in the the wind energy uh, issue? That is exactly the reason, um, another reason for the for the whole need of this band. And what I'm hearing now from people coming back is we have hope. Because the people who have been working for months now tirelessly, they are exhausted. And so this is an opportunity for all of us to come together as a community with the same idea in mind, bringing our strengths to the table and being able to utilize those so that it's not going to be for the few, it will be for the many. So we can all bring our strengths to the table here and support the people that have been working, um, oh my goodness, for months now. Sometimes it's... uh... You know, it's it can feel overwhelming. We have a billionaire investor named John Risley, and 
We have the governments, uh, federal, provincial, municipal, in terms of Stephenville and some of the communities on the Port of Port Peninsula. All these governments uh, and um, and rich people uh, backing this project, and and then there's us with uh, not as much money and not as many resources. So how do we, in our situation compared to the proponents, what do we do to be successful and to um, and to stop this project? Obviously, the um, company and its backers are standing unified, so they have no problem with that. So the whole this this is another reason for us to be able to stand unified as well to fight for what is ours, to fight for the very thing um, that we we use for our, our traditional lands where we cut wood when we have for centuries, where we collect our berries, where we spend time on the land, where people do their hunting and things. These are these are the area, the very area that we need to be protecting. So yes, it's daunting to have people coming from somewhere else who are wanting to take the resources that we have. Um, but we've been here before, Glenn. So we have a lot of support from people who have kind of been here and done that. And they're really behind us and supporting us. So as large as this feels, I feel like, again, when we're all standing side by side, I feel like we can take this on, you know, Um, and we will, and we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop until this company is no longer here. Mm. They they haven't been trustworthy up to this point. So I just... This is, you know, so we're going to be able to coordinate our messaging and influences on all of the players involved, right? We're bringing together people, um, support, scrutiny from other regions as well. We're seeing now that people are watching. And that's the other thing that I've been getting too, is a lot of people from so many other places who are having these their own fights right now with the same problems in their own communities. And so that's another opportunity for us to be stronger together. And that's a very good point uh, today, port to port. Uh, but uh, now we know that uh, up in the, uh, the Botwood area, there's another proposal and on the South Coast. So it's pretty daunting when you're yes. seeing all of this happen and you don't have the people that you elected standing mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Um, <sighs> I've just been, I guess my last straw for me was when we had our grandmothers um, protecting our land and our water in mainland on the Port-au-Port Peninsula here. And we had this, this tactical, well, this like, what is he? He was the owner and operator of a tactical security company. And he was brought in by GH2. And I I just couldn't, the, the way he came at the people, I just really felt like it was, he was extremely intimidating. And that was it for me. I felt like, okay, we have to do something. So we have a lot of really good resources with people here, a lot of educated people, and we are going to utilize all of the things that we have, all of the tools that we have to move forward. So Tammy, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to um, become involved in the West Wind First Nation? Um, So right now you can email at papeninsula at gmail.com. that was about the best I could do in all honesty for right. when it came to emails. So that's kind of where we're at right now with the emails. So you can reach me there. And um, if you're local, you can pretty much find me like I'm on social media, just using my name, Tammy Park Tie. You can inbox me there, use the email. And a lot of people have been very creative and even finding my phone number. So wow. <laughs> any of those ways are just fine. Greg, in the uh, 
past couple of days, uh, we're speaking on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon. There's been an online post from Liz Lasaga of the Newfoundland Alliance of Rural Mi'kmaq Nations, NARM, that includes the more corporate-friendly community bands, as well as the Flat Bay Band, bands that have been uh, supportive and uh, uh, in most part to receive money from World Energy GH2. And Liz Lasaga is attacking the West Wind First Nation as uh, what she says is a pop-up band and says that people who will join uh, who join uh, the West Wind uh, First Nation will be thrown out of their own bands. Tell us what's going on with, uh, with Liz Lasaga's uh, commentary on the West Wind First Nation. Yeah, Glenn, uh, I found this to be very strange because I had to engage with Liz Lasega uh, in a conversation with her, and um, I directly asked her, who speaks for NARM? Um, you know, uh, it got very contentious. Uh, she wouldn't answer any of my questions. Um, but um, this this post, uh, you know, the five bands came out um, in solidarity, she says, um, to uh, attack the, the West Wind First Nation uh, as they see as, as a pop-up band. Um, but I don't think any other band, uh, when it was incorporated, has received such negativity. Um, you know, so during our conversation uh, last night, uh, things were very contentious. and um, But we agreed to uh, sit down and talk about this further. So uh, what what uh, Liz Lasaga says in her post is that uh, if people aren't happy with the position that the um, NARM members have taken on the wind energy project, they should get involved and try to change things. Um, but I suppose that's not really uh, all that practical since uh, the decision has been made to take the money and, uh, and support the project. So I guess it's a bit late uh, for that now. It would have been better, I suppose, that consultation had happened at the from the get-go to decide what the position would be. Yeah, exactly, Glenn. That, this is what I explained to Liz last night, that uh, this is what happens when you turn your back on your membership. So um, I guess we'll see what, uh, what the fall is from that. Um, it's interesting that uh, a few years ago, uh, Liz Lasaga, when she was uh, chief of the Flat Bay Band, uh, there was some suggestion that Flat Bay would break away from Halibut. So I suppose uh, it's not a direct precedent, but I, um, it's interesting that uh, she would take that position now on on West Wind when she um, floated that, that earlier idea. So um, we will follow that. Now, Greg, the other story you were covering last week was the court case that you mentioned uh, earlier in which uh, World Energy GH2 is trying to get a permanent injunction against water protectors trying to stop the construction of a test tower. That's uh, having some impact on on water quality in that area, a lot of uh, residue, a lot of mud getting into the secondary uh, water supply in that area. One of the people named in the injunction is Sheila Hinks. And uh, let's hear what she told us about the last day of proceedings on March 3rd, and we can talk about it on the other side. Sheila, great to have you on Mi'kmaq Matters. Tell us what happened in court on March 3rd. First of all, thank you for having me on your program. We went in and we decided at the last minute on Thursday afternoon that we had a new lawyer to represent us, and he was Indigenous. 
And I guess we kind of put a, I don't know how you would say it, put some spark in the courtroom because we, I got up and wanted to say what I had to say. And then, of course, my lawyer didn't know at the time, which he only came in at exactly 10 o'clock. Court proceedings were starting at 10, so I didn't have a chance to talk with him. Then we spoke, me and him. And yeah, so I went in and we, uh, I told him I had something to say. And then when I did try to speak, then, of course, Judge Murphy didn't know what was going on. So then my lawyer took me out and I spoke with him. I explained to him what I wanted done. Uh, he didn't want to read what I was going to say. So he gave me a few minutes to decide. And I said, yeah, sure, I'm going to do it. So I went in and I, I just said that I was an unconquered Indigenous woman. And I wanted the injunction to be adjourned. And we went through a lot of proceedings. And at long last, the judge ruled in our favor. He ruled that uh, proceedings were to be adjourned. Yes. Bad part about it was I couldn't, we couldn't get the work to stop while we're waiting to go back to court. Right. So you, uh, you made an argument, made an argument to the court that as an indigenous person, um, you're, you come at it from a particular uh, standpoint. And uh, what was, uh, what was, what did George Judge Murphy say, or what, what was his reaction when you made that argument? Because I guess he wasn't expecting it. No, no, I, I I feel I kind of shocked him. Uh, I guess he was bewildered and wondering what happened and why I decided to go with another lawyer at such short notice and decided that I would take the Indigenous route. Now, the uh, lawyer who came into the courtroom, is that Mr. Crocker? Yes. And is Mr. Crocker still acting for you or is there another lawyer in the picture now? No, Mr. Crocker no longer represents me. Uh, we have a lawyer from uh, Ontario. His name is um, Glenn Bogu. And uh, yeah, but we're going to go through Indigenous courts. I see. And and when you say you you're you want to go through Indigenous courts, um, what uh, how do you how does that work? What do you how do you think things will unfold? Well, I think by going this route, at least. This is our land. We we have to, to we have to defend our land and our water. And I'm thinking going this route that WGH2 is going to understand this is not land that's for sale. This is not land that our government can take and just give away. This is not this is not what is going to happen. And an indigenous court, when you say that, do you mean a court, a regular court where the judge is indigenous or a separate uh, kind of court uh, altogether? Well, it's, 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 it's supposed to be a tribunal of three of my indigenous peers. I see. And where did, and what is the model for that? Where did you find out about that? Well, a lot of reading, a lot of reading. But this guy, um, this lawyer we have now, Glenn, he sent me a load of information and of course, not realizing about UNDRIP, like that's the United Nations document for Indigenous peoples. Yes, which forms the law of Canada now. It's been incorporated into Canadian law. Yes, and that's something that we as a group of people, and I'm sure probably a great amount of Indigenous people doesn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And as I read what he had sent me, and then I went on Google and I searched it and I brought this up and I'm thinking to myself, like, my God, like this... This is what we need. There is actually a law there to defend us, to help mm. us. And that's why we took the direction we did. 
Now, uh, we know that the Port of Port Peninsula, of course, uh, has been uh, Mi'kmaq territory um, probably even before the Europeans arrived. Probably our people were coming over from uh, from Unamagi, from Cape Breton to Green Island and on to Port of Port. So chances are um, our people have been there for for centuries. But there's no there's no land claim. There's no reserve. And it's not it's not officially uh uh, Mi'kmaq land the way that um, some uh, a reserve would be or uh, even though you know in my view the peace and friendship treaties uh, apply to uh, the island of what is now known as Newfoundland not everyone agrees so do you think that the uh, the legal status of uh, of Mi'kmaq land will be a problem for you I don't think that it should be there would have to be a treaty signed wouldn't there wouldn't there have to be a treaty signed with the Mi'kmaq or the Biothic to the government of Newfoundland saying that they they gave the rights to the government of Newfoundland to control the lands? Right. And that's why you say it's unseated, because there's no there's nothing in writing that says uh, the the settlers uh, had uh, any right to that uh, land. There's nothing in writing, no document, no treaty. No. And there if there's not. And we prove that then the land does belong to us, and it is unceded lands. Now, as you say, the uh, the injunction is in place, and I suppose if you went back there and, you know, and you guys set up the camp again, I suppose the cops would come in and, and arrest you. So World Energy GH2 can go ahead with its work. How are we to protect the land during this, um, during this time when, you know, you're in court um, on your case, but uh, World Energy GH2 can just go ahead and dig up the land for the roads and put up the, the test tower and all the rest of it. That's the saddest part. We, we can, we can go protest, but apparently we cannot block the road. Mm. Now in saying that we were just notified as of yesterday that our watershed that's in that area is being protected through the government. Now we're what, and what do you and what do you mean by that? Uh, there is some. Well, uh, the thing was is that they said that our water supply, our secondary water supply that runs parallel to the local road where they go up and do their work, uh, has been on on the beginning. It they they kept telling us that it wasn't protected. It wasn't our secondary water source. Okay, but now through the government, the government is saying yes. It is a protected water source. So in saying that, we're just waiting on Monday or Tuesday to receive the maps saying oh, it's, it is seen by the government as a protected water area. And in those maps where the water, the, the brook and the, the local road where they go to work is parallel, the runoff from whatever they bring up there. And apparently now they're even salting that road. So all this water, all this water and the runoffs is running down in our secondary drinking system. Mm-hmm. That come, that'll come out of your tap. Exactly. And we were advised not to pump the water in our our first, our dam, the first one, because there was too much sediment, there was too much turbidity into our into the water that our pump wouldn't be able to continue to pump because it would build up around the pump that's into our brook right now. Well, that puts some restrictions on uh, on World Energy GH2. Well, it certainly will. 
because then they cannot travel back and forth with their rigs. Because right now, if you're coming off of the main highway and you're going up that road with the with the salt that's being put on the roads now, that's all being carried up on the local road. Uh, the, the salt is coming off their tires. Just oh. last week, there was a tractor that went off the side of the road and on the same side and about, I'm going to say, about 50 feet, not even, from where the water the runoff goes down into our water supply. So you know what we, you know what comes off those will be diesel coming off there and all kinds of uh, toxins, oil residue, all ending up in your water supply. Exactly, exactly, and that was our major concern. Uh, we tried to stop them. We told them about it, and it seems like to us they don't want to hear it. They want to do what they want to do. Mm. And currently, as citizens of the Port of Port Peninsula and our communities, it's not an interest to them. Do you have a date uh, for the continuation? When are you going to be back uh, in court? And uh, when you're back in court, uh, which court is it going to be? Do we know any of those details yet? Well, I know it's it just, uh, Judge Murphy said for the 4th of May. Mm -hmm. But now, as I think on Monday, we are going to be sending out their questions. They asked for uh, the, the questions now. I don't really understand that part, but anyway. So Judge Murphy has, uh, has provided questions to you that he want, wants answers to? No, what he's, what he's asking for is more information. So we have, to, we have to come together and put, I guess, our paperwork in order so we can present it to him. Mm -hmm. And then it has to go to the federal government and to provincial government. I see. Because you're, uh, there's a bit of a constitutional argument here. The province and the federal government uh, had to be notified of a constitutional argument. Exactly. And uh, we'll see your, your new lawyer involved uh, as the proceedings go forward, I guess. Yes, you will. Uh, Greg, according to the records of the Law Society of Ontario, uh, the lawyer, Glenn Bogue, B-O-G-U-E, that's spelled, is suspended from the Law Society of Ontario and is not permitted to practice law and or provide legal services in Ontario. And uh, according to online news reports, uh, the Law Society has uh, investigations open into Mr. Bogu for a list of things, allegedly vexatious proceedings. He has started against judges the Queen, and even the Prime Minister personally. He has uh, often denied the authority of the federal and provincial governments, according to the news reports. And uh, the courts uh, have, been, have been critical of Mr. Bogu. I asked uh, Sheila Hinks about uh, whether his suspension in Ontario will have any impact in, in Newfoundland, and she thinks not. Um, I wonder, Greg, if we should be concerned about any of this um, in terms of it distracting from the uh, court case in Newfoundland. Uh, of course, we want the best for for Sheila and the other land defenders, and um, uh, it's hard to know what to make of this. It's a uh, it's kind of like an unexpected thing that they're challenging the constitutionality of the court. Uh, yeah, Glenn. Um... This court case has just gotten a lot bigger and uh, a lot broader. I hope that, uh, you know, this does not uh, trip up the uh, land defenders in their case because they have been so well represented themselves so far. 
been very well uh, uh, spoken and versed on the issues. Um, so we, we would have to wait and see uh, what Mr. Bogu uh, will bring to the table. Yes, indeed. Okay, well, that's about it for the program. For our Halibut members, a note that the next council meeting is this coming Saturday, March 11th, starting at 10 a.m. Attend in person or via live stream, available through your GINU login. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in Mi'kmaq news and views. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Hilary McGinnis is our researcher. For Greg Jaynes, this is Glenn Wheeler saying, Amsa Nogamah.